Hello, camera operating nurse. Wow. Hi, I'm Rob Paulson, and you may know me better as Pinky from Pinky and the Brain. And Egan, you're watching Side Boy Saturday Night. Nerve. Get out, everybody. We will begin in mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you get me so easily. It is now time for us to put Earth under our rule. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you will give you witchcraft. We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Good evening, everybody. If you're listening to us in the Northeast or in the Southwest or anywhere across the United States, damn it, it's cold tonight. It's like freezing everywhere. I don't like this, and and I'm the dome, and I'm cold, and welcome to TalkCast 255. 254 other times we've done this. We're going to keep doing it till we get it right. Joining the TalkCast tonight are our usual suspects. That'll be never. Yeah, I know. (laughs) The usual suspects, or at least some of them. Uh, For some reason, uh, uh, Zombrarian will not be joining us tonight. She has locked herself in the... She's in quarantine. I quarantined her. She's quarantined. (laughs) That's never a good sign. (laughs) So from the Revere Times... But she does not have the Ebola's. Good for her. The Contessa (laughs) of Sparkles, Vice Princess of Rhetoric. If she doesn't have an opinion, wait five. She will. It's our girl genius, Kriana. Well, at least I'll have an opinion once I actually bother to watch and or read whatever it is. Yeah, and it's occasionally you actually do that, which scares the hell out of me. Occasionally I do, and then, you know, it ruins it for me. From a galaxy far, far away, the woman in chain mail, she drinks synthale, and I love the way I've rhymed this, but I can't go any further with it. Our own Sir Sarah Lady Knight. Chainmail is cold as balls in this weather. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're supposed to have a nice warm woolen sweater underneath. We will knit you one. Don't worry. Okay, thank you. Thanks. Chainmail with wool padding. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Well, I mean, I got stuff, you know, obviously under it, but like when I touch it, it's it's cold. Well, yeah. Hello. <laughs> Our That's guest- what my ex-boyfriend said. <laughs> <laughs> Joining us tonight uh, for a second appearance because he didn't learn the first time. <laughs> you <laughs> Jeremy would think. Action Lab Comics. Jeremy, welcome back. Thanks. It is also incredibly freezing in the southeast. So oh, something we have in common everywhere. How far? How far south? North Carolina. Huh? That far, yeah. really? Maybe you guys yep. will get some snow. It was twenty know. this morning. Oh. So. Oh, God. What, what do you guys do down there when you get snow? Does everyone panic? Yes. We panic. <laughs> we buy lots of bread and eggs. And, ah, um... the French toast alert. That's a thing. That's a thing. No, look it up. Boston. I think it's um someone in Boston does the French toast alert so that, that you could see when the grocery store is going to be out of bread and milk and eggs. Yeah, so we, we, go, we go buy all that, and then uh, we get, decide to get on the road anyway and crash, so... With an inch of snow on the ground, <laughs> the one inch. Oh yeah. Well, the, see, the thing well, is, and this tires. is, yeah, this this is the thing with with North Carolina is, um, 
an inch of snow is terrible if nobody is prepared for it <laughs> because we don't we don't have snow tires we don't have chains uh, we don't salt the roads uh, appropriately beforehand. Nobody pays attention to what the weather says, and then we just freak out when it does snow. Yeah, see, all of those are forgivable until you get to not salting the roads, and then, then you're in for some, some hurt. The funniest yeah. thing I remember ever happening when I was down south and it snowed was that one of my neighbors uh, didn't have a, 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 a scraper to scrape off his window. So he went inside and boiled up some water. And <gasps> no! No! Did it shatter? Oh, it just pebbled up like 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 a stained glass. Oh. <laughs> and I looked at him and before I could say no, it was too late. Loaded. Oh God! Zombrian was- and I were actually talking about how funny people are who have never seen snow, and how when we were in college, the people who came from countries that don't experience snow or you know florida are are really <laughs> funny florida is another country that no doesn't. well there are there are oh, students yeah. from foreign countries who don't get snow and there are also students from like florida or california who have never seen snow so she had, she had two pretty good stories one was a student from florida who the first time she saw snow falling was like wait a minute aren't they supposed to be bigger because every time she'd seen snow it was like you know, stylized snow, like, in a cartoon, so she thought or that, like, snowflakes were, like, big. gonna float down. Yeah. Like paper plates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, and then the other one was a student who, it, it was one of those, like, early snows where it's, like, not really cold enough to stick a lot, but, like, a little bit has stuck, but it's really wet, and there's only, like, a little bit of snow on top of basically slush and disgustingness. And she sees the snow and she like <laughs> runs and like throws herself oh, into it. Yeah. And then she's looking at like what just oh, happened? Yeah. She goes, I thought it was supposed to be soft. <laughs> it's wet. <laughs> <laughs> and she did it so so fast no one could stop her it's just people do the darndest things in snow i guess they do they absolutely do yeah this this last year we had a solid uh sheet of ice across the top of our snow and uh, my daughter who was uh two at the time decided to go out walking in it and <gasps> couldn't get through the layer of ice on top of the snow so it was just sort of sliding across the top of the snow okay. to get her to kick the snow so oh no terrifying for a oh. two-year-old no doubt. Oh. <laughs> so this afternoon this evening whatever what the hell time is it what? it doesn't matter it's the internet time later on in the show <laughs> do you know Jer- all those networks are like connected together yeah, did you know that what? A series of tubes well you know what uh <laughs> Our website hasn't been doing that lately, so I'm not really sure anymore. Well, I no, you know what I need to start is a Tumblr of condescending tech support. Because if you, <laughs> if you call up tech support and you sound like me, you're going to get a whole lot of condescending. And today I got... It's your temper. Have you tried turning it off and then on again? I, I actually start with, I've already turned it off and on again. It's not my Wi-Fi network. My Wi-Fi network is working perfectly fine. My trace route is saying it's stopping here. What? Send me to level two. What? (laughs) No, but today I got, well, you know, it goes through 
when you do a trace, it goes through this and this and this, and all of these networks are connected together. And I said, wow, that must be why they call it the internet. <laughs> Thanks for telling me that. Amazing. And, yeah, so and he, was, have- he was trying to educate me on different ports and how, you know, FTP traffic and, and regular web traffic go on. I was like, really? You don't say. They must have just had some training. I Wow. <laughs> Wow, good to know. I'm sorry. What's a port? So the, the, the important is, that, is that what a ship goes to? Exactly. <laughs> like... So the important thing to remember is our, our, our website has not been updating properly. We are in the midst of fixing that. And, no, 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 and... no, no. We're, we're not in the midst of fixing that because I, I need to show how smart I am now, apparently. Okay. Is that fuck our current web host. It's, actu- <laughs> it's, it's actually easier now to go to Amazon Web Services, start up a freaking Ubuntu micro instance, install the LAMP server, and run it my fucking self. Screw you guys! I'm going home. <laughs> Thank you, Cartman. <laughs> Mic drop. Done. I think we're losing our new, our old web host, is, is what she's saying. Continue. Well, uh, be that as it may... <clears throat> We should probably start off with a little bit of news. Oh, shit. Now I'm not ready. (laughs) (laughs) I got all ranty and I lost track of what was going on. Ah. (laughs) It's been a long day of being, having the buck passed from company to company. It kind of has, yeah. Um want to start off very quickly and just uh, note the passing of someone in the genre who, uh, if, if you're old enough to remember him, he was a pretty cool guy. Glenn Larson, uh, who was the creator of the original Battlestar Galactica, uh, died this week at the age of 77. He, and when the creator of the new Battlestar Galactica dies, we'll be celebrating, not sad. Oh, snap. I'm really glad you have an opinion. Really? No, I'm kidding. I think that was sarcasm. Was it? Uh, no. Was it really? What's sarcasm? Is that what that is? Beside uh-huh. Battlestar Galactica, Glenn Larson also did Knight Rider, which gave us that, something that awful. <laughs> he gave us something. Hemorrhoids? Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, what else did he give us? Uh, he a pretty keen meatloaf recipe. <laughs> no, he he did a bunch of stuff for television in the seventies and the eighties, and uh, his television eighties was the pinnacle. Absolutely. That was also sarcasm. I noticed that. Okay. Good. So Glenn Larson left us this week, and uh, rest in peace, Glenn. Now here's something that should never have happened in the world of science fiction. If you take one of the best writers in science fiction and you take the, the best worst, writer, the best the writer. worst series he's ever created. It's still a pretty bad series. And give it to HBO, which isn't known for doing science fiction. You get Asimov's Foundation series coming to HBO and I am scared to death. This is this cannot be good, <clears throat> and and I'm gonna get a lot of flack from you know criticizing the Grandmaster. Not for me. But 
if you've read Asimov's work, just his science fiction work, I'm not saying anything about his his mysteries, his, his he dirty limits. He wrote a else. myriad of nonfiction, actually. And a mir- yeah, so, some amazing stuff. But He's foundation, a very intelligent man whom I admire, but Foundation is not his best work series. by a long shot. And of all the series you should have, could have, might have used, why did that one get the nod? Well, you know what, you know what, though? This is the only thing I'm grateful for. At least they're not murdering my favorites. They're not J.J. Abrams. They're not ruining my childhood. (laughs) So, you know, fine. Yeah, it it could have been the robot series. Think if someone ever tried to, like, adapt, like, Callahan. How shitty would that be? I shudder worrying about that some nights because... Does it keep you up at night, <laughs> it, it bothers me some nights, yes. Oh, no. Just jump on and Google Callahan. Just be like, is anybody making this? No, it doesn't look like it yet. All right. Okay. No, I, I, thi- I think if they it, Spider would send me an email and go, I wonder how this is going to work out. <laughs> I, I don't think Spider, while he's alive, would let that happen. Thank God. Well, you know, he was making... Uh, up until Genie's death, uh, making the the movie uh, a star dancer. But that's a completely different animal. Like, right. like so, I, he, I feel like that would actually translate all right. But Callahan's, it's so much about the internal monologue. I really, really don't think they could pull it off. Yeah. Also, I, I, they need to get a really old Apple computer to do it at this point. <laughs> You would need one of the original IMAX, yeah. Which would be adorable. It absolutely would be. Was it an IMAX? I think it was actually older than that dome. It may have been a 2E. I think it was. Because <laughs> I, I think the IMAX were out when I read it, so... And yeah, you read my old, worn, well-worn uh, paperbacks. The first time, yes. Did I ever get those back, by the way? Yes, yes, you do, because I abhor all physical copies of books, That's unless true. they have some sort of sentimental value, which and is why Stardance is sitting next to me on my desk. Mm-hmm. Why do you abhor physical copies of books? Because I love too many books. That's fair. Right? Yeah, and, and yeah plus, I get that. <laughs> pixels, pixels are a renewable resource, and, and trees not so and, much. And so are yeah. kilo, kilobytes are a renewable resource, and that's all. It, <laughs> that's all it takes for a book. Even comic books, they don't they don't take up that much space. I love yeah. them in the digital form, and yeah, you can't get shit signed when it's in a digital form, and that's what fucking merchandise is for. Yep. Yeah, I like both. I like. So um, I'm going to talk about the book that I'm obsessed with right now because I'm rereading it um, called The Goblin Emperor by Catherine Madison. And I got an ebook form and I was like obsessed. However, there are approximately 50 names that all start with C, which is really great. And you need the index. And so I, I bought the physical copy and I, 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 the second I finished reading it on the ebook, not the second, uh, three days after I finished reading the in-book, I, the ebook, I picked up the physical book and started reading it again from the beginning. You're adorable. <laughs> well, I get why you do that, though. I mean, there is Where so- did we find her again? 
She stumbled on the side into of the road. us at Boston Comic Con. <laughs> all right, we we need to we need to go back to wherever that was and find more people like this one. I like yes. this one. So so Kirby, uh, get us the same table next year at Boston. We need to find more people like her. Absolutely. Yeah, just just get all the cool people and just point them our way. That'd be that'd be wonderful. That would absolutely be wonderful. And we just have a line the whole time. So, Sarah, where do you want to bring us next? Um, I want to talk about the Goblin Emperor forever, but actually I'll but, talk about uh, so, it. So, talk about it for a minute. What What's this whole thing all about? Give us a... a I don't care about spoilers, so give us a, a tiny synopsis. Okay, well, it's basically this kind of high fantasy with a dash of steampunk. Um, and I don't really... I'm not really a big steampunk person, but there's like a, just a little bit, a, like a couple aspects from it woven in. Um, but it's this world of like basically elves and goblins and they, and they kind of intermix. So the, the main character, Maya, he is, um, half goblin, half elf. Um, and he is like, now I'm imagining that happening and I'm unhappy. (laughs) Um, yeah, well, they're slightly different. So it's mostly that they're just like. I mean, it's not like the mm, typical, and I'm losing track of, of my sentences, so I'm just going to talk about how much I love Maya. Um, All right, fair enough. He's just really great. So he's like the the fourth son or like the fifth son or something of, of the current emperor, um, and the current emperor is now deceased fourth wife. Um, and the oh emperor and all of the sons in between him and Maya all die in a crash of a, a blimp. A dirigible, even. Yes, a dirigible. So Maya's like, shit, I'm the emperor. I've lived in exile my whole life, and I don't know what the fuck is going on. So he shows up at court and is like, hey, I guess I'm here now. What the fuck do I do now? And everyone's Uh, like, screw you, you weirdo. Pretty much. And it's, you know... As as they do, as they are wont to do in that situation. Yeah, and I just really love it. I think it's a really great... A political high fantasy and I'm obsessed with it sort of highlights the issue with inheriting your job yeah so who wrote it I'm sorry I, I missed just a minute of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Catherine Addison this is actually her first book under this name but she is Sarah Monette awesome uh, awesome we, we yeah. need like a sci-fi Saturday night reading list or something yeah it's you can just go to my blog. Do you have a Goodreads? <laughs> I do, yeah. That That's kind of our well, reading list. Sarah, why don't you Goodreads. start putting something like that together? A, a weekly... A what? Reading don't. list or a monthly reading list. Don't. Here's what I'm reading. Yes. You were cutting out. Oh, sorry. Um, I mean, that's kind of what I do on my blog, is I post a different review every week. Um, so I could we could just link there. That's... You could you oh. could you could do a little excerpt for sci-fi saturday night.com and then we could just link back, yeah. Yeah, perfect. All right, let's discuss that later. All right, good. Yeah. Well, no, perfect. let's keep talking about it now. I think everyone's interested. Everyone, <laughs> yeah, everyone. Right. All right. Yeah, good. let's talk business. All right, podcast. okay. <laughs> All right, moving on. Kriana, yeah. where you, where do you want to bring us right now? Well, I watched an honest trailer today for the Little Mermaid. Oh my god, that was the most hilarious thing. They're right. It is super creepy. It is, if you look at it from their perspective, The Little Mermaid is one of the creepiest films ever. 
Yeah, but now I can't stop looking at it from that perspective. It it just is that creepy. They're completely right about it. My favorite part of that, and we should actually put the link up in here for it, is the very last cut that they make, which was, imagine how much different the movie would have been if the top half of her was a fish. Oh, yeah, that was funny. I, I also really liked the bit where they were, where they were like, lambasting the chef scene. And they oh. were like, imagine if they did this in Finding Nemo. I'm like, imagine if they did, it would be a much better film. <laughs> it, yeah, that, that may be one of the most... But it was disturbing as a child! <laughs> like, hello, I was scarred by that. Everyone was. Well, yeah. But, but in I, the 80s, I, I you could scar your it. children like that. You could, you could do that. It was actually it was not even. to do that. I know, and we're all... In the early 90s, too, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, maybe, it was, maybe it was just my mom showing me Indiana Jones at five years old. <laughs> so I was actually oh, just oh. having a Twitter discussion about how weird and masked The Little Mermaid is. And um, what a raw deal Sebastian got. Like, he's the he's supposed to be, like, conducting an orchestra, and instead he ends up being a babysitter. Um, or, you know, oh, to, <laughs> or to, the king's to delinquent a, daughter. To and, a delinquent uh, hoarder. A delinquent, yeah, he's yeah. totally a hoarder. A delinquent hoarder. I don't who's... know what this is. And I want it, and I want this, and I want this, and I want this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And she's dumb. She doesn't know what anything is. She's bad at research. She is. I you mean, know, to be fair, books don't really hold up well underwater. But she just believes whatever the dumbass seagull says. <laughs> That's true. And and Ursula was an independent businesswoman with a contract. Who, That's right. Know, and got screwed over in this whole thing. She didn't do anything untoward. She got right murdered. There. She got murdered. <laughs> yeah, she got a boat through the heart. Yeah, when... <laughs> you, you really need to post a link for that on this trailer, just just because. Well, write it in and, and have Zombarian do it when she does this this post. I'm sure she'll find it, no problem. I'm busy so hot what... gluing, damn it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> So what is this about FX making a television show from an Alan Moore novel? Oh, have you seen From Hell? I haven't, no. Oh, it's pretty good. Um, it was a movie. I think it was, I guess it was also a novel, but I haven't read the novel. I've just seen the movie. Cause my dear, it's a graphic that... novel, and the movie's terrible. It, <laughs> it was pretty. The movie took basically like... There's a, a theory in the movie about who is really Jack the Ripper, and that is the theory from the book. Everything else in the movie is entirely made up for the movie. So. Hmm. It was pretty. Johnny Depp was in it. Johnny Depp ruins <laughs> your childhood, see? <laughs> that was my teenagehood, man. It still counts. Oh, okay. Still counts. Damn you, J.J. Abrams. <laughs> Gotta hate yeah, him. we can blame JJ for virtually everything, and we should. I mean, we global should. warming, yeah, yeah I mean, epidemic, Ebola, Ebola. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. I think he's the perfect choice for Star Wars because he can't ruin it. It's already been ruined, so he can ruin it more. There's nowhere to go but up from episode. No, because he's he's. Basically, he's taking he's taking a piss all over the EU that had some really excellent novels. 
Now, he has been cordially invited to take a piss all over the EU. Yes, he has, but I assume that he is because he's J.J. <laughs> Abrams, and that's how he rolls. Yeah, and Disney doesn't want to pay rights to any of those people who wrote Extended Universe stuff. And it's so. Disney, who yeah. we were just previously making fun of. Once again. Yes. It's not like they don't have any money. Well, you know, could have be worse. Could have been Pixar. <laughs> God, I hate Pixar. Anyway, do you? Are you sure? Did you get that memo? I got that memo. So, Sarah, can we talk a little bit about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Um, I, all I have for my news is that season one is finally on, on Netflix this week. Um, I, I don't know if I'm caught up or not. Am I caught up? <sighs> okay, then I won't say anything. I will, however, say that watching it live last night, the closed captions were the worst. I've, I've ever seen. That's including live shows when they're literally typing them. Oh, no, 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 no. You missed the last Apple event where they had them in Chinese randomly. Oh, well, you know, that's, that's better because at least I can just, like, turn them off. But wait, let me um, go to my Twitter and read you some of the closed captions that they had last night because I can get most of the things. My mom is really hard of hearing. And so she needs the needs the closed captions like real bad. So luckily, when she went and watched them on her DVR, it was fine. But I was worried because they were things like "I per we zove the ing if w a bow," and um, "Nice, see my what air." That sounds and, like a scene from Dune. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "This is not," uh, and. Have we uh, been to say hot out pond? Like, I'm pretty sure that's, that's not fa- what they're saying. Fair question, fair question. <laughs> but thank you. Thanks for trying. Can you not? So, well, what's the answer? Um, seriously. <laughs> don't, I don't know. They didn't tell me. Mm. It's in code. Yeah, obviously you had to crack it. Yeah, and it, I just... It was a clue, Sarah. God! I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just... It's all connected. It is. It is all connected. So um, I seriously better. So. Uh, I didn't hear any of that because Dome, you seem to be cutting out a lot, and then you guys were talking over each other. Cool. I think Jeremy had a good comment. So, okay, J- yeah, Jeremy, what did you say? My comment was I haven't seen the new one yet, but this season has been significantly better than last season. Yeah, and I mean, I, I really because like. I care. <laughs> they I had to build it up thing. last season. They had to yeah. get you into that comfort zone where where you cared a little bit, but not too much. But y- you weren't sure where it was going to go because the series was being so slow. So that once you once you cared a little bit about the characters, they could rip the rug out from under you. I'm pretty sure my roommate and I were the only people in the entire world who liked it from the beginning. And I no, think it's you're me, not. So. Okay, that's good. I'm gl- I'm glad of that because I I loved it. I was like, this is great. Like, I love all these characters. Like, they don't really do anything, but that's okay because they're cute, and I ship all of them with everyone else. And then and, and that's like, what you were meant to think. And then yes. when the shit hit the fan, you were devastated, weren't you? Well, actually, I never liked Ward, so not yes, really. But I mean, you're you're not necessarily <laughs> devastated yeah. because of what he did, but for Sky. Yeah. Well, I I'm a Skimmins fan. Yay. So I was always like, "Go away, Ward, Skimmons, Skimmons forever." 
but uh, I was it was more because I shipped um, Ward and Fitz that I was like no. But even though that was like not as much as Skimmins, I was like Skimmins five ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like I was done. Like I watched the first two episodes and I didn't like mm-hmm. intentionally stop watching it. I just yeah. stopped caring. Um, yeah, and that was a, the, and, what I heard from a lot of people. Yeah, mostly because like mostly because of Ward because he's generic action hero white guy, and there yeah. is like nothing about him that I I felt good about that show for. He's like then, a like, tuna I, sandwich in your lunchbox. <laughs> yeah, and then I found out that, you know, that they had revealed that he was evil, and I was like, oh, great, fantastic. Does that mean he's yeah, not on the I show anymore? Care. Yeah, <laughs> I think he does make a better villain. It, it um, Things happen in this episode that I won't say, because not everyone's seen They're it, but that I'm, I'm hoping... That I'm hoping that they're not gonna do the redemption arc that we've all already been hoping that they're not gonna do, and they're gonna have him be full villain instead, which I would really like because I think he's a great villain, and I love Brett Dalton. I think Brett Dalton is just great and ridiculous. Well, I hope you're right because it does look like they're going that way, at least as far as the last episode that I saw. So lame. Yeah, it would be lame. But the yeah. episode last night, Sarah. Yeah teased redemption so many times and then just kicked it in the face over yep, and over. And like, in the face yeah. or the nuts? No, in the face. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with in the face. Ach. It was just like, oh, look, you're you're looking at this. Oh, no. Kick you in the face. That's oh, funny. and it was, it, was, it was wonderfully crafted. It was maybe the best crafted episode they've done. Yeah, I thought it was really good, even though I missed a lot of it because I didn't have closed captions. But that's why you have a DVR. <laughs> I don't have a DVR. My and mom or has... the internets. Yeah, no. I'm probably going to rewatch it um, on demand with, with captions. <clears throat> and for some reason, season one finally got onto Netflix this week. Yeah. Yeah, right? You think? I mean, I was really... I saw the news and I was like, that's great. And then it was like, wait, I have the Blu-ray. Like, why do I care? Um, because <laughs> I spent all of my money on that Blu-ray. Uh, that's why. I abhor physical media. Ah, it just—it's shiny. Not just physical <laughs> books. <clears throat> is, I, have, I like funny. a nice mix. Have some things non and something something physical. I like I like some physical things. Oh well, Pre- when you put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I to say otherwise? <laughs> That—that's a quite the Zoidberg moment right there. When you put like, it that way. <laughs> why not Zoidberg? <laughs> so I was thinking, why not physical media? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is what Zoidberg would choose. Yeah. Which brings us to the guy who sells us some physical media, Jeremy. No, no. <laughs> well, and, and digital media. And digital media, too, yeah. Did you have to well. theme music? Was that what that was? It was more of a Legend of Zelda opening a chest sound, you know? It was, it was, it was a sting. We'll call it a sting. Okay, great. <laughs> do, do you have one of those? Do I have one of those? No, not really. We should have one of those. Too. We should. Why, why don't you get someone on that? Um, <laughs> what do I look like, the magical sting-producing person? <laughs> why <laughs> not Zoidberg? Why not Woo! The only way to get a sting is to steal it from some trolls after you turn them to stone. Mmm, there you go. Ah. 
Jeremy has been working with Action Lab Comics for a good long while now and uh, is just about to relaunch or has just relaunched uh, one of his really cool titles called Princeless. Not just one of his really cool titles, like one of the coolest titles. Yeah, yeah, we kind of all agree on that one. Period. So, Jeremy, welcome to the show, and talk to us about the relaunch. Well, for uh, anybody that isn't familiar with it yet, uh, Princeless is all about a uh, princess named Adrian who's locked away in a tower by her evil parents and decides to save herself instead of waiting around to be saved by some handsome prince. Um, So she teams up with her guardian dragon and uh, goes off to go rescue her sisters who are all similarly locked up. You had me at, um, at dragons and princesses rescuing themselves. I mean, I was gonna say I, I thought he had you at self rescuing princess. Yeah, well, that was sorry. I did I did that in the reverse order. I was at self rescuing princess and then and then dragons and that's my whole. See, life I knew you'd like this one. Yeah. So I had you several times. Yeah. <clears throat> oh my. All right. Repeatedly. Oh. <laughs> What's going on here? Right. Fine, things are fine. Turn your head nothing, and cough. <laughs> Hi everybody. <laughs> so so yeah, a little bit about like what we're getting ready to do is we have um two volumes of the series and a collection of short stories that are out already. Um it's been a little while since uh, we had a volume come out, um but the new one is um in previews this month, which means it's pre-orderable now. Um it will be out in 2 months, so as of uh January. Um, the new volume is called The Pirate Princess, and it's about uh, Adrian uh, finds another princess locked in a tower and decides to take it upon herself to rescue her, despite not actually knowing who she is. And uh, it turns out she is the daughter of the Pirate King, and uh, a bit more of a, a handful than Adrian was pre- was prepared for. And that's sort of her, her own agenda and her own uh, quest, which... Uh, as many autonomous beings do. Mm. Funny how that works. Everybody's got their own quest. That's true. So why did you decide it was time to reboot the series with with a new volume, with a new story arc? Um, well, the, the way we work the series is uh, we kind of go for... Um, what people may, may see as like the, the Hellboy or the Atomic Robo type model where we do... Um, you know, sort of self-contained stories within a larger story. Um, so we have, you know, one one large story that's playing out over all the volumes, but each volume can be, you know, self-contained as its own story, so that you know, um, people, especially kids, can pick it up, you can pick up any book in the series and and get a story, not necessarily have to go back and read the whole series just to to get what's going on, because um, I know that is like a limitation with comics, especially when things get out of print or you have a hard time finding something at your one library or bookshop or something like that. Um, so the the thing about it was we had just, um, we had been prepping for volume three, which is uh, now going to be volume four. And um, we had gotten the chance to do a story for free comic book day, which is, um, you know, it's a big event in May where, um, all the comic stores give away free comics, and uh, ours was chosen to be one of the ones for Action Lab. So we wanted to do a story that um, 
wouldn't be dependent necessarily on people know, uh, knowing what had been going on and wouldn't be something they'd gotten somewhere else, but would still be something that was really representative of the series. Um, so I kind of dreamed up this short story about um, you know Adrian coming upon this other princess and rescuing her and her being kind of a badass as well. Um, and in the course of writing that short story, I got really into it and I really liked the character I'd created and um, I wanted to do more stuff with her. So um, my my artist for the volume two and four needed a little time to get caught up with that volume. So we decided to kind of stick this volume in here with uh, this other artist we were working with on that time at that time. And unfortunately, things didn't really work out with that artist, but we found some other artists that ended up working out. So everything got pushed back a little further than we meant for it to be. All this should have been out this year. But now the nice part is we've got a lot of uh, backlog, so we'll be seeing a lot of Princeless coming out this year. So <clears throat> when you did Volumes 1 and 2, you were working with a single artist. Um, volume 1 is... Volume one is one artist. Volume two is another artist. Um, my, my artist in volume one, uh, Mia Goodwin, is uh, also an art teacher and a writer and artist herself. And uh, between volume one and volume two, ended up uh, moving to Hong Kong and starting her own uh, series that she was writing and, um, and illustrating. And uh, so kind of ended up doing her own thing. Um, and I got paired up with Emily, who was... Uh, a good friend of, of some of ours at Action Lab and was really, really talented. And so, uh, you know, I brought her on for volume two and she's kind of signed on as the co-creator of the series. Um, so Pirate Princess is a little break from her stuff, but yeah, she is doing um, all of the pencils and inks for the main series. Um, we do have some uh, colors by her husband, Brett. Um, so they are working as a team, just as our team on... Uh, Pirate Princess is we have uh, a very fun but complicated process between the, the two of them for Pirate Princess. You know me, Talk I love inkers. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Talk it's, to me uh, about... Oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. It's saying, I was going to say, it's, uh, it's fun kind of the way they work is um, names are Rosie and Ted, and Rosie Higgins and Ted Brandt, and... Um, Ted kind of does the the basic layouts for the series. Rosie comes through and does the pencils. Uh, Ted does the inks, and then Rosie comes through and does the colors, and then Ted letters. So it's sort of this constant handing off. So you know somebody's always got something to work on that way. That is how, complicated. How long have you been with with Action Lab? Um, with Action Lab, let's see. Uh, we're coming up on our five-year anniversary, and it's almost all of that five years. So I think it's probably about four and a half years. Wow. A.K.A. forever. <laughs> a long, long time to uh, for an independent press to be around, period. But, you know, to be still growing at this point. They are still growing. Talk, talk about that experience a little bit. Because when you first hooked up with Action Lab, they were much smaller and much more... Uh, fragmented, if that's a word for it, than they are now. Yeah, it's um, it's been an incredible learning experience. Um, you know, when we started, uh, my book was the second series they had, um, Fracture, which is their um, one of their superhero series, was the the first story they did, and um, Princess came right behind that. 
Um, and at that point, um, we were, they were still trying to figure things out. We were doing all the printing from like a, a single, basically what, what amounted to like an office printer, um, for, you know, working that for comics, which it was not designed to do and would frequently act as such. Um, you know, and I was doing pretty much all my, my own press work at that point, you know, just sort of emailing people out of the blue and going, Hey, I did this thing. Would you look at it? Um, and we were all like, know, yeah. <laughs> well, some of you were like, yeah. And some, of you, some people were like, uh, who are you? Um, why are you emailing me? Where did you get this email? Um, so <laughs> it's some kind of, I, I have said that to thing. people before, but you have to be pretty obnoxious to get me to say that. <laughs> Not saying that you're obnoxious, because obviously I didn't say that to you, but there have been some doozies. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm sure, because you know that's there's all types of people that make comics. That's that's for sure. And it actually was a Kickstarter, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah I, even worse than that. Even worse. Yeah, having having done my own Kickstarter, I know, like I sympathize with those people, but at the same time, like. You have to you have to have some decorum. Like Pro tip you know that, Pro yeah. tip, if you're emailing fifty people you've never met before, use the BCC field. Don't put them all in the two field. They could see everyone else's email addresses and they won't be happy about it. Thank you. So that's <laughs> yeah, right? I, I, Jeremy, look, look. I ran Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say I did the uh, I did all the press for Action Lab for, you know, a solid two years there, and it was always, like, I would always BCC everybody, and um, you know, not only is that more effective, because people don't get an email and see that there's, like, 500 names on it, and go, oh, this is obviously something that's not for me personally, um, but also, you don't expose everybody's, you know, email address right. to everybody else. Right. I'm, I'm surprised by the number of people who are um, in quotes, professionals who don't um, have this figured out because I, I've collected, I've poached some email addresses off of, um, you know, having those sent to me. I'm like, oh, this one says darkhorse.com. That might be one name I want to look up. Um, <laughs> and, and that's how those people burn their bridges with Dark Horse. Exactly. Because let me tell you, <clears throat> I'm not even as cool as Dark Horse, and and I would be like. Screw you. If you have that little respect for my privacy, then I don't want to hear about your stuff. So, Jeremy, let's take a, a, a minute and, and talk about the Kickstarter for Illegal, which ran about two months ago and was not only funded liberally, but also was a Kickstarter staff pick. Yeah, um, it was my first real experience running Kickstarter. I had some sort of tangential experience with, you know, friends of mine and, um, you know, some sort of general Action Lab stuff um, going through Kickstarter. Um, so it was, uh, it's quite an experience. Um, you know, our goal was to just kind of set the bar as low as we could actually accommodate, you know, at an amount that would allow us to, um, allow me to pay uh, my artist Heather and to uh, get the book actually made. And, um, than to uh, bother people very politely for a month, um, <laughs> and it's it, to do a success to make a successful Kickstarter is a full time job, because um, you know it's 
it's something that like the whole time I was on there was constantly setting up a, a queue of you know hourly tweets or um, you know posts on Tumblr and you know supplying some new sort of um, content every, as often as possible so that people could see that we were working on stuff and see um, what the product was and how we were doing it and you know I, I started working on the the Kickstarter itself probably about two months before it actually started. Um, partially because I was trying to avoid launching my Kickstarter like while San Diego Comic Con was going on. Um, probably a good oh, idea, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, um, they announce things there and people get excited about those things and forget to pay attention to anything else. Um, so, yeah, we waited until that had come and gone and, you know, gave it a couple weeks afterwards and, um, you know, then launched it from there. Um, and it was really... Yeah, it, it's a harrowing experience, but it was also a really rewarding experience in seeing, um, you know, the the people that gave money, the people who were, um, you know, friends of mine and friends of Heather's and supporters of our comics that we'd never met, and um, you know, people that, that we had, had never even heard of that you know saw the concept through you know Kickstarter through the staff pick or through one of our many uh, lovely retweets and reblogs on Tumblr and you know had had decided to come check it out and give it a shot so it was it was really nice to see that physical manifestation of support because that's something that's often hard to see in comics I was going to say but wasn't it also kind of a terrifying experience in some ways as well Oh absolutely and it still is like we haven't we haven't uh finished the book yet so um it's not out in, in people's hands um and, you know, every once in a while I think, ah, I should update it, but what do I update? I don't really have anything to, to tell people. I can, just, you know, send out pencils of every page, but then it'll be kind of boring once they get the book and they've already seen all of it. Um, so, yeah, it's um, having that, that level of expectation, knowing that people have already paid for this thing and are already waiting um, is, is a little terrifying. And, um, you know, it was definitely one of those things where, like, I would be uh, getting ready to go to sleep and lying in bed and think, "I wonder how the Kickstarter's doing. I should get up and tweet about it or something." <laughs> I don't, I don't want to not make, I want to not make this. What if, what if all these people are online right now at eleven thirty, and if they saw it, then they would, they would give. But if I don't post anything, then they won't know, and then I won't make my goal, and then, uh, then I'll be embarrassed, and it'll all be terrible. <laughs> Good. But it all worked out. Yeah, I was going to say, but you weren't embarrassed. It was a rousing success. You got much more above and beyond than you thought you were going to, than you asked for. And uh, now comes the hard part. Yeah, um, creating is... Because that part wasn't the, hard. No, that was the easy part. Now comes the harder part, is I think what you meant. <laughs> So So there's that. Yeah, the the way I figure it, um all the pressure is really on Heather. Like I've already written the script. It's already you know, it's already in the can. People know that. So if anything happens, I'll just blame it all on her. So, <laughs> so it's nice of you to I, do that. Yeah. What am I to do? I'm just a poor author. I can't make her draw faster, people. You, you could try. You could try um, beating. I hear cattle prods work. 
Um, Bribing is mm. also good. Bribing sometimes works. Okay. I'm writing this down. No, I think uh, cattle rod. There was something the else. I'm going to go with cattle. Bribing. No, I, I think bribing is better. I'm uh, just hearing cattle prod. Well. <laughs> <laughs> it depends what you're into. Yeah, good point. So you ran this for a month. And the real question is, would you do it again if you had another project? Um, yes, uh, I would. I would plan a bit better. I know what to look for in planning now. Um, I would definitely make a better video than the one I had on my Kickstarter because my, my Kickstarter video is very much like me looking incredibly nervous and sweating at a camera. Um, you know, and that's, that's largely a result of me going, I should make it now. Uh, I don't, I don't really know what I'm doing. Cause like, that was like the last thing I made cause I kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. So, you know, I think having a plan for the video would be, uh, a far superior thing to just, uh, turning on a camera and going, I want you to give me money so I can make a comic. Yeah, I probably oh, would have given you some money. Yeah. You probably would have gotten you know so how did how did you get a uh how did you get a staff pick did they call you up and go oh by the way uh you're you've been recommended by the staff or uh that is a mystery to me really (laughs) i am yeah i i submitted the kickstarter and uh, a couple days later i happened to see a tweet from kickstarter that was like hey check out this staff pick and it was a link to my comic um, wow. I was like, wow, nice. that's cool. Nice nice of yeah. them to tell you. Yeah, like I, I didn't get any sort of email or anything like that until you know, well after the fact. Um, you didn't get a congratulatory website badge? Is, not, is that not a thing anymore? Remember when that know. was a thing? So, that's like, right, yeah. It, it would just be a little graphic that anyone could really steal. <laughs> no, they actually Who embedded it into one of his graphics. No. Who would steal that? Somebody who wants people to believe that they're by the staff and they're not, but whatever. Yeah, they, so they put been, a stripey thing across the picture. It said, "You know, it's a, it's a Kickstarter pick." So, hmm. that's good. So it's been a really good year for you, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been a good year. It's uh, you know, Princess has been kind of slow in coming, but we've got. Uh, Got that sorted for this next year, and then um, you know, illegal is is funded and coming up, and uh, I've gotten to do a few issues of uh, My Little Pony this last year, and that's uh, that's been a fun experience as well. And I've done fifteen conventions this last year. Oh wow. my god! Wow. wow, that's a lot. I think five is a lot. Do we even yeah. do five? No, we do like three. No, we did. We did. No, we did more than that. Or this we? year, and in December, it'll be our fifth, yeah. Wait, which yeah. one's in December? Yeah, the uh, the new... Uh, uh, not Rock and Shark. No, <laughs> that one happened already. Yeah, and we didn't do that one. I don't know. There's, It's Gary's, actually. The uh, pop culture. I. All right, we'll talk. I thought we weren't doing that one again, but... I don't know if we're doing it or not, <clears throat> but that would be our fifth for the year. I see. Yeah, 15 <laughs> is ill-advised. Um, I would not recommend that people do that. <laughs> if you actually have a life, yeah. 
on top of that to do 15 cons. Yeah, because um, there was a there was a section going from May to June where I um, I got on a plane on a Wednesday to Phoenix. I did Phoenix Comic Con Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I caught a plane Monday morning, flew back to North Carolina, uh, worked Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, got back on a plane on Thursday, flew to Denver, um, did Denver Comic Con Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, flew back to North Carolina Monday, worked Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, <laughs> and then Saturday morning, got in a car and drove to Charlotte for Heroes Con, uh, did that Saturday and Sunday. And uh, then Sunday night, drove back to North Carolina and slept for like a day. <laughs> I get that idea. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's the price of being known. <laughs> You're so popular. Gosh darn it! <laughs> Terrible. The worst. No one wants your stuff. So when uh, when is the plan for illegal to come out? At this point, do we have a timetable? Um, the plan for the Kickstarter stuff is uh, still what we'd originally posted, which is uh, February, um, to get everything shipped out to people um, for the first issue and all that. Um, as far as any sort of wider release, we still aren't sure what we're doing as far as uh, publishers and all that. We have um, a couple of... Uh, of packets out talking to uh, a couple of the larger publishers that, you know, both of us would like to work with. Um, you know, there's been, uh, you know, we talked about doing it with action lab, but we're not sure what we want to do there. And part of it is that, uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to do everything that's coming out from action lab. There's a lot of like great new stuff coming out from new creators there. And I think action lab is a good place to have a, a home for, new and original stuff from, from other people as well. Well, we wish you the best of luck with everything. It's been a really fruitful year for you. And I'm personally really glad that uh, Princeless is coming back for uh, a new run. It, it's frankly one of my favorites. And thank no, thank you for being on the show, Jeremy. And uh, hopefully you'll have more to talk to us about soon. Jeremy Whitley, Action Lab Comics, relaunching Princeless for a new story arc. Uh, well worth watching and reading and enjoying. Kriana, what's happening for the next couple of weeks? Well, I would tell you, but the coming up calendar is down. Just another little problem with our website, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, I feel confident that there is stuff coming up. <laughs> there are things, things. that exist. And also, maybe? That's true. There are also Preacher? there are things I I've heard things that are also coming up. Um, so I, I, you should look forward to that. And in the meantime, I'll say that Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic Con, Granite Con, Rhode Island Comic Con, BooksandBooze.com, and ComicArthouse.com. Visit Comic Art House for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Check out more of their grooves on LawrenceMadeMeCry.com. Tonight's intro music provided by Rob Watts. Find more of his creations at RobWattsOnline.com. Dope?
want to thank Jeremy for joining us tonight. It's always wonderful to have you with us. Please come back again whenever you've got something you want to talk about or just to sit and canoodle, whatever. <laughs> Cuddle puddle. Oh, we will. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I want to thank the cast that bothered to be here tonight and isn't under quarantine. <laughs> From the Revere Time Vortex, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana. Thank you, darling. I'm going to go suit up and slip some food in the door slot. Good luck with that. From our own personal Galaxy Quest, Sir Sarah Lady Knight, thank you once again, my dear. It's always a pleasure having you with us. Yeah. It's good. I'm, I'm Now I can go read the Goblin Emperor more. There I mean, I, I, yeah, I love being here. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is Dome saying, Genie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everyone. I know.